1: welcome to the Daily Oz. It's Monday the 29th of January. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. Vapes are absolutely everywhere. They're at the beach, they're at the pub, the park. They might actually be in your hand right now. But when it comes to vaping in Australia, everything is about to change. And so we thought it was a good time to stop and reflect and to look at how we got here and what's happening next with vapes. TDA has been working on a three-part investigation into vaping in Australia, the laws, the loopholes and what they're doing to our lungs. In today's episode, we're going to go with TDA podcast producer Nina Koppel from the local tobacconist to the lab to find out what's actually in a vape. Before we get there though, Sam, what's making headlines this morning?
2: Over the weekend, Australia joined other nations in pausing funding to the UN's Refugee Agency for Palestinians over allegations some members of its staff were involved in the 7th of October attack by Hamas on Israel. In a statement, Foreign Minister Penny Wong said Australia is deeply concerned by the allegations and is consulting with international partners. The UN has launched an independent investigation into the claims, and several workers have been fired. In a statement yesterday, the Commissioner General of the agency said it would be immensely irresponsible to sanction an agency and an entire community it serves because of allegations of criminal acts against some individuals, especially at a time of war, displacement, and political crises in the region.
1: On Friday, the International Court of Justice, which is known as the ICJ, handed down a provisional ruling after South Africa accused Israel of carrying out a genocide of Palestinians in Gaza. The ICJ ordered Israel to take all measures to limit deaths in Gaza, but the court did not order a ceasefire. The South African government welcomed the court's finding and said it expects Israel to accept the measures, while the Israeli government called the accusations a, quote, vile attempt to deny a country's fundamental right to defend itself. Israel must report back to the court on its compliance within a month.
2: The US state of Alabama has carried out the country's first execution using nitrogen gas. Human rights experts had warned against the method, which involves slowly depriving an inmate of oxygen. Kenneth Eugene Smith was convicted of murder and sentenced to death in 1996. He had been subject to a previous failed execution attempt after prison staff couldn't access his veins to administer a lethal injection. The US Supreme Court rejected multiple requests to delay or stop his execution last week. Smith was pronounced dead on Thursday night, local time.
1: And today's good news. A Gustav Klimt painting, thought to have been lost for the last 100 years, has been found in Austria. The portrait is believed to be one of the last works Klimt painted, according to the auction house who rediscovered the piece. The painting will be exhibited internationally before being auctioned off later this year, where it's expected to sell for as much as €50 million.
0: The legend goes like this. A pharmacist in China, Hon Li, tries to quit smoking. By some accounts, he's smoking up to three packs a day, so it isn't easy. One night, he falls asleep with a patch on and has a nicotine-fueled nightmare. He's in the ocean and he's about to drown when a wave turns into a giant cloud of vapour. Honlick wakes up and sets out to invent a device that will help him quit smoking. And he goes on to develop the first vape to have mass commercial success.
2: Blueberry, cherry, cranberry and grit.
0: You're going to push it with your tongue and then you're going to suck it back.
2: Do you happen to vape by chance? Yeah. How long have you vaped? About
0: a good six years. Bro,
3: give me my vape. I remember the first time I vape, I was fucking gone.
0: Vapes are everywhere. But things are about to change.
3: No more bubblegum flavors, no more pink unicorns, no more vapes deliberately disguised as highlighter pens for kids to be able to hide them in their pencil cases.
0: In this series, we're gonna look at the forces at play working against the government's attempts to regulate vaping.
1: Oh, I'll keep fighting. I'll fight every tooth and nail uh, way I can. They
0: can smell out a loophole and they push it open and make it into a door that they can waltz right through. But before you can understand what this regulation is, and what it'll mean, you have to understand what a vape actually is and what vapes do to our health. From the Daily Oz, this is Understanding Vapes. Episode 1, What's in a Vape?
4: Are oh,
0: do you have a vape list?
2: Yeah, I do, but I don't have many vapes
0: left. OK, let me have a look. I met a random tobacconist on a Tuesday morning. Which ones do you have?
3: Uh, blackberry, banana, lychee, blue reds,
2: cinnamon and cantaloupe.
0: Ooh, maybe a cinnamon, please. Yeah. Just one? This one, please, thank you. It's been illegal to buy a nicotine vape in Australia without a prescription for years but the one I buy doesn't actually say it has nicotine in it. Thanks so much. The only way to know for sure what's in a vape is to get it tested in a lab. Hello. Hi Nina. Thanks so much for having me. I've actually brought a vape that I was hoping for you to test Uh, today.
3: Testing full on chemical analysis as as we normally do. Yeah, I wanna
0: know what's in it. Like, is there nicotine in it? Is there anything else we need to be worried about? All right,
3: sure. So first thing we need to do is open the device.
0: The University of Wollongong Lab has these big piles of colorful vapes in an assortment of flavors. And as they break vapes apart, you get wafts of these scents diffusing across the room. I think I can smell it.
3: Yes, that's the cinnamon.
0: Dr. Celine Kelso is doing our analysis for us. Once she extracts the liquid from the vape, she puts it in a machine for testing.
4: So let's put the sample on
3: and then start the analysis.
0: When we have the results, her colleague talks us through what they found. Let's start with the cinnamon. Like, what what kind of level is that?
3: Yeah, so that's obviously reasonably low concentration. This
0: is Dr Jodie Moller, senior lecturer in the School of Chemistry and Molecular Bioscience. But
3: cinnamaldehyde is banned, so it's not allowed to be there in any
0: concentration. Right. Cinnamaldehyde, the chemical substance that makes up the cinnamon flavour, has been banned from vapes because we have evidence that inhaling it can cause health issues. What else are you noticing from this?
3: Obviously, the really high concentration of nicotine is obviously a standout. So 50 50 milligrams per mil, huge peak.
0: That's the equivalent of consuming the nicotine in about 25 to 50 cigarettes. And remember, this vape didn't actually say it has nicotine on the packaging.
3: So people are, you know, if they're regularly vaping these, um, they're going to be very likely to develop a dependence on nicotine. Right. The other one I would say is the WS23, which is our other ginormous peak. So the WS23 is our cooling agent.
0: Lots of disposable vapes have some form of cooling agent. This can be added to address the throat irritation that can come from inhaling high quantities of nicotine but coolants themselves can also cause irritation.
3: In some of our samples recently, we found ethylene glycol, which Mm. is the main component in antifreeze, and we found it at reasonably high concentrations. So the highest concentration was about 80 times higher than the concentration that is predicted to cause unbearable respiratory discomfort and that was in a sample that was taken off a school kid. So we don't know how that school child was even tolerating vaping that particular sample when the concentrations of a hugely irritating compound were that high. Antifreeze is like what used for fridges, air conditioning? Yeah exactly right and we know that by oral ingestion antifreeze is extremely toxic.
0: Right, so we've got the nicotine and the cinnamon flavoring are the ones that would be not allowed and then we've got that coolant, which you said at that level could be potentially dangerous. Could be
3: absolutely concerning, yeah, that's correct. And then obviously there's the things we can't see here because here we're only analysing the liquid. We didn't actually generate a vapour and analyse the vapour. Right.
0: So there's potential dangers in the vapour. There's also that that, um, coil metal concern you were telling me about before. Yeah, that's
3: right. So we also get to see what these things look like inside after they've been used. And what do they look like
0: inside? Um, So what we
3: tend to see is a large amount of scorching on the coil. The coil's
0: a bit of metal wire that works to heat up the liquid in your vape and turn it into vapour. When a disposable vape is brand new, like the one I brought to Wollongong, it's just a piece of clean metal wrapped around some material, which is soaked in the vape juice. But after some time, things can look a bit different. So when we open them up, we get quite a
3: lot of blackening on the material.
0: If you think about this, it makes sense. Disposable vapes are only supposed to be good for a certain number of puffs. But if you have limited funds, you might try to make it last longer so you don't have to buy another one.
3: Sometimes we actually see the coils starting to degrade. Is that dangerous? Uh, absolutely. So we know that there's some heavy metals and some other substances that make up the constitution of these coils and we don't want to see people inhaling those.
0: It's worth mentioning here that in reusable vapes, this is less of a concern because people would be replacing their coils more regularly. But the lab in Wollongong concentrates on these disposable vapes, because they're the popular ones, especially in Australian schools. The question is, what are these vapes and all the chemicals and potential metals actually doing to young people's health? You may have come across videos like this on TikTok.
2: I am literally chilling in a hospital because
3: I have a
2: vaping-related lung injury.
3: Vaping put me in the hospital. Not breathing.
2: (laughs) It's really scary. My heart is a lot smaller than the average 21-year-old and it's because of vaping.
0: I want to understand how commonly people are being hospitalized for health issues related to vaping in Australia.
2: So we put in freedom of information requests for Queensland, Victoria and New South Wales. About... And that's just
0: asking the government to release whatever information they have to us.
2: That's correct, yes.
0: Daniel Lesoto is a journalist at the Daily Oz and he often does stories on vaping.
2: In Queensland, there's been 79 total hospitalizations over the last four years. So in Victoria, there's been 45 total hospitalizations.
0: So that's a bit lower than Queensland.
2: It is a bit lower, yes. And one of the reasons for that was because oh. in one of the years, there was an admin error, which is totally out of our hands. Mm. And it just resulted in there being no actual specific data for vaping hospitalisations in Victoria.
0: Right. Did you hear back from any other states?
2: Yes. So I spoke to New South Wales and they actually don't have any vaping data at all.
0: Right. So they haven't been tracking it. Not at all. So that's not a lot to go on, although we do know that vape related hospitalisations are recurring.
4: What we're seeing is that if you have too much nicotine on board suddenly, there are toxic effects. This is Professor
0: Emily Banks, a leading expert in the health impacts of vapes at the Australian National University. And I wanted to ask her about someone we spoke to who told us they had a seizure after
4: vaping. There's a continuum, so people can just feel nauseous, they can vomit. And then there are effects where people lose consciousness. And then having a seizure can be part of losing consciousness. So it's, it's part of that overall picture of just too much nicotine too quickly. We heard from a
0: 30-year-old who was vaping and then was hospitalised and was found to have a 3.2 millimetre puncture in his lung and was Mm. then diagnosed with pneumothorax. Can you tell me a bit about that and how that's presenting in the
4: research? We have heard reports of people who have been vaping and then have developed a spontaneous pneumothorax. So as long as you can get it if you've actually been stabbed or something, that's a traumatic pneumothorax. But a spontaneous pneumothorax is where you suddenly get a a burst of that bubble in your lung, and then you get air going into the lining of of your lung. But it's not just these
0: hospitalisations that
4: Emily's concerned about. So if you look at people who are are really addicted to nicotine, they will only feel normal when they've had a vape. Mm. And after that, they'll start to go into a kind of withdrawal. And because nicotine gets excreted from the body quite quickly, people can go through that quite rapidly. So they might be having difficulty sitting through a lesson without having a vape having difficulty sitting through a meal with their friends or family. And there are people with a vape under their pillow, vaping in the middle of the night because they have that urge. When I talk to young people about what they want in their lives, most will say that they want an independent future that they determine. And I think that addiction can really undermine that independence. I mean, it essentially is dependence.
0: If you cast your mind into the future an 18-year-old who's, who's vaping now, what concerns do you have about their health 40, 50 years into the future?
4: It could be that they'd be fine. Or it could be that they would have, for example, long-term lung disease caused by inflammation. They would definitely have the issues related to nicotine addiction. And then I would also be concerned for their cardiovascular health. So we know that nicotine increases your blood pressure and increases your heart rate. So that's one area where we're concerned about nicotine effects. The other thing where we're concerned about nicotine effects is reproductive health. So if that was an 18-year-old woman who was going to have children, then you would also be concerned about what would happen while she was pregnant and what would happen to the baby. But
0: there could also be
4: health consequences from vaping we don't even know about yet. There's a lot of unknowns. And I think we have to be really clear that not knowing about something is a risk in itself.
0: Cigarettes as we now know them were first mass-produced in the 1800s. It was 100-odd years later that researchers began investigating the connection between cigarettes and lung cancer. Vapes as we know them have only been on the market around 16 years. At the end of the day, what
4: is worse for your health, a cigarette or a vape? I have to say smoking is so unbelievably harmful. There are very few other exposures that are as harmful as smoking. It's so dangerous. You know, up to two thirds of all people who are long-term smokers will die from their habit if they don't quit. So if someone held a gun to your head and said, right, your choice is to either smoke or to vape, then probably vaping is better. But I would say that the safest thing is to avoid smoking and to avoid e-cigarette use.
0: I started off this episode wanting to know what's in a vape and what vapes are doing to our health. But I've ended up with more questions than when I started. If cigarettes are so bad, why is the government focusing on cracking down on vapes? And if the sale of disposable nicotine vapes is illegal, how come they're so readily available? Next episode, I'm going to find out. So industry
3: they can smell out a loophole and they push it open and make it into a door that they can waltz right through. So they're deliberately trying to manipulate the market to get these into Australia.
0: Are you expecting a fight on these regulations?
1: Yeah, we always prepare for a fight. I'll keep fighting. I'll fight every tooth and nail way I can.
0: I'm Nina Kopel, I wrote and edited this podcast, Billy Fitzsimons was our executive producer, Lucy Tassel was our fact checker, and Joe Kylie produced this series not just for audio, but also the video version of this series that we're doing as well.
2: Yes, it's been intense. We've travelled across the country, we've been into Parliament House, we've spoken to vapers, and we've forced the one person in the office who vapes to continuously blow smoke in front of the camera for B-Rock. lots of
0: vaping in lenses. <laughs> it's
2: been such a journey and I've learnt so much and I really want to get this into the ears of as many young Australians as possible. So if you've made it this far and you're enjoying what you're listening to, do us a favour, share it on Instagram, put it in your stories. It's two buttons. Exactly. And I can't wait for you to hear episode two and three. Thanks, Joe. Bye.
0: Ready, and? This
2: is the Daily Oz. This
3: is the Daily
0: Oz.
2: This is the Daily Oz.
3: Oh, now it makes sense.